October 31st, 1517. A young monk and academic nails his 95 theses, or disputation on the power and efficacy of indulgences, which is a little more clumsy, and you can see why we tend to go with 95 theses. But a young monk nails them, whatever we call them, to the door of the Wittenberg Castle Church in Wittenberg, Germany. It wasn't an uncommon practice. It wasn't intended as a protest or rebellion. It was simply an invitation to fellow theologians to debate Martin Luther's ideas. The well-intentioned, though he would later prove quite rebellious, monk only aspired to a faithful interpretation of Scripture and church practices consistent with that interpretation. He couldn't have foreseen the effects as his post went viral, ultimately leading to the fracturing of the Western church in what we now know as the Protestant Reformation. The young monk, the viral poster, Martin Luther, is the namesake of the Lutheran Church. As we celebrate Reformation Sunday today, we read from Paul's letter to the Romans, for no human being will be justified in God's sight by deeds prescribed by the law, since all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. They are now justified by his grace as a gift, effective through faith. In the 16th century, this and similar texts inspired Martin Luther and the Reformers to proclaim we are saved by grace through faith and not by works, and to reject practices like the selling of indulgences that promised salvation as a result of faithful actions. While Jesus interpreting the law in Matthew's gospel and Paul writing to the churches in Rome were primarily referencing the Jewish law as found in the Hebrew Scriptures. 1,500 years later, the Reformers were working with a broader understanding of the law. This including, included the laws prescribed by the Roman Catholic Church, but more broadly, law can be understood as anything that says, you must or you should do this. While Jewish dietary laws and papal indulgences may seem distant, law is all around us. Speed limit, 30 miles per hour, law. You must wear a mask in this store, law. Vote for law. Donate to Law, love your neighbor. Law, do this, don't do that. Law is proclaimed from preachers, governments, political campaigns, and advertisements every time we're told you need this. God's law declares what is holy and profane, what is right and wrong to God. Contrary to popular perception, Jesus, 
Paul and Luther all taught that God's law was fundamentally good. Which is not to say all laws are good or God's law cannot be abused. But Luther and the Reformers insisted that it was good. But, like Paul, they insisted that the works of the law did not save us. Rather, we are justified by grace as a gift. Paul's letter to the Romans that so inspired Luther and that we heard from today is written to a conflicted community made up of Jews and Gentiles. They all believe in Jesus, but they have radically different views on what they should or must do to live out their faith. Law. So we can imagine Jewish Christians pointing to Moses and Gentile Christians referencing Plato, shouting about Roman culture and Jewish rituals. You must do this. We have to do that. Quiet. Paul interjects. You're both wrong. Look at yourselves. For Martin Luther, the law functioned in two good and important ways. First, the law functioned as a mirror. Just look at yourselves. Does this look like loving your neighbor as yourself? The law reveals our sinfulness. You're both wrong. We're all wrong. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, Paul writes. And here we come to a crossroads. Will we accept, as Paul says, that there is no distinction between us and them? For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Or will we continue trying to prove our rightness and righteousness that we must all do as I do and other ways are wrong? Paul says we can go on that way. If we want to judge others according to the law, according to the right or wrong of all their actions, so be it. In that case, God will judge us according to our works. And we're told how that will go. Confessing that we have all sinned and fall short of the glory of God is about more than acknowledging that we're imperfect. It's about letting go of the distinctions we draw between us and them as right and wrong and accepting our shared humanity, shared sinfulness, shared imperfection. Christ frees us from having to be right and condemning our neighbor as wrong. But this doesn't mean that there is no right and wrong 
or that our work in the world doesn't matter. God cares what we do, even if our doing doesn't save us. Thus, Christ gives the commandment that we heard today. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, and soul. And love your neighbor as yourself. In these commandments, Jesus gives us his key to biblical interpretation. Love. Love is the summary of the commandments and Jesus' key for interpreting the law. But also, our God, our guide for interpreting God's law in the ethical decisions that we have to make today. All the law and prophets hang on these two love commands. Love God, love neighbor. And so I like to say, if you're going to get it wrong in your decisions around the law, around right and wrong, get it wrong if you're going to on the side of love. Because everything hangs on those two love commands. Whether we are interpreting the biblical laws as they might be applied today, or the teachings of contemporary preachers and politicians, this is the question to guide us as Christians. Is this loving of God and my neighbor? The question. The guiding question for the whole of the Christian's life. Whether we are worshiping or working or voting, is this loving? And if the answer is yes, then we can be confident that we are acting in accordance with God's will. The answer is no. If we're acting out of selfishness or greed or anger or fear, we may be going against God's law. It sounds so simple. And I suppose it is simple in theory. However, we know it is incredibly difficult in application and practice. Is it always clear what the loving thing to do is? What do we even mean when we say loving? Perhaps in giving these commands, Jesus even acknowledges the difficulty. He quotes Deuteronomy when he teaches, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind. But interestingly, he adds the mind piece. That's not in Deuteronomy. So perhaps love is something that we really need to think about if we're going to get it right. Certainly the as-yourself addition to love your neighbor invites further reflection. As-yourself invites us, or I suppose commands us, into our neighbor's shoes to respond to their needs rather than simply act out our own 
moral code or convenience. The command is to love not as we want to love, but as they need to be loved. It requires listening and openness as we learn about our neighbors, grow an understanding of them, and imagine a new, more loving relationship with them. Love is hard. Love is messy business. Sometimes it's not nice. Sometimes it's uncomfortable. Sometimes it's sacrifice. Sometimes it's compromise. Christ is God's great compromise. Love the Lord your God. Love your neighbor as yourself. As simple and complicated as they are, this is God's law. Hold up a mirror and take a good look. We all fall short of the glory of God. Martin Luther loved to play with the your and love the Lord, your God. God was your God first. Before God gave his command, God had already chosen Israel and brought them out of Egypt. Before God commands us, God has already chosen us in baptism. God was your God first. God showed us his love like this. We were still sinners when he died for us. Christ is God's great compromise. Humbling himself to the point of death on a cross. Though we all fall short of the glory of God. The commandments aren't requirements for belonging to God. We belong to God by grace, as a gift. The commandments are directions for loving like God. If you have faith in God, you belong to God. If you belong to God, you will love like Christ. That's the Reformation formula. It includes works as a response to God as opposed to something that earns our relationship with God. We belong to God not because of our works, but because we belong to God, we will do the works God commands. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. Amen.